about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Stacy would do what she did. I didn't know that the prayer would go that way. Like, be real. It's the one out. And First Peter and chapter 5 and verse 67, and I'm going to be trying to be quiet this morning because I want to reach out to you that is at our home and those who are here. Keep it going. Keep going. Keep, keep going. So I'm going to use you a lot today because there's such a presence of God. He says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, that's exactly what she did. That's exactly what he did. If we bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing into his hands. Then he says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. Lift your, hold your hands out as she said. Just leave them there for he will always tenderly, for he always tenderly cares for you. But he says, if you just bow low, in God's awesome presence. I'm not sitting there changing my sermon. She didn't see it. He didn't see it. He didn't see it. But both said the same thing. No matter what, we still have to tap into that higher power. And, 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 and listen to me. Satan has two effective weapons against Christians. Two effective ones. They are fear. That's why many people won't come back to church. That's why many people won't do what they need to do. And discouragement. And these two weapons the enemy uses to wear out the saints. And many of you may be thinking, but those who are not Christians, they seem to be having it good, but they're not saints. They're not child of God. The devil will be losing if he's going for them. The enemy's main goal is to be able to wear out the saints and destroy progress. Because a bunch of worn out saints are little threat to Satan and yields little fruit to God. Listen to me as I encourage you. <laughs> Here are some things 
And I, I, I want to keep to my note because I want to, I wanted to be sure that we didn't share anything. There, there, there are some things that can wear down the saints, that can make you feel worn out. A sense of insignificance, apparent unfruitfulness. Sometimes it's a sustained, sustained, continuous strife and discord in relationships sometimes it could be bad finances sometimes it could be even as much as doing good deeds and you have to keep maintaining it sometimes it could be friendship sometimes because somebody people see you in a certain position or they see you as somebody who is always bubbly and always laughing and always encouraging people. Sometimes you can be worn out by keeping up that appearance. Because so many people are depending on you. I wrote here. Because... Leading prayer... He said the same thing and I wrote here. He says, you've made all kinds of attempts to get a grip. You've made attempts to rest. You've made attempts to breathe constantly. You've made attempts to connect back to God. But still you're feeling that hopelessness and complete exhaustion. I'm not sure who I'm speaking to today. And if I'm not speaking to you, hold this inside your bank account because when you're faced with it you know exactly what to do your problems right now seems overwhelming everyone and everything looks bleak and it's difficult for some people right now to muster up the energy to even care let alone take action to even help someone who is around them you've gotten to the point let me put it here you're simply burnt out. Let me pull you aside this morning and let me tell you one thing. You're not alone. You're not alone. Stacy said it. Um, David said it. You're not alone. The first thing you've got to understand, you're, you're, you're not alone. So many of us have reached that place of worn out or burnt out. We feel completely overwhelmed. You're not alone. But there's a message that's gone through even this morning. And what God told me to write down is that we've got to do something about it. Somebody's asking, how do I know if I'm worn out? Is your job increasingly becoming stressful and frustrating? Do you feel drained right now? Are you having a harder time getting things done? Do you really even get to the point that your prayer is just like hitting the roof and bouncing back? You don't even feel like praying. You don't feel like praising. Are you self-medicating right now? Are you drinking more? Have you gone back to smoking? 
Are you using sleeping pills? Are you eating more or are you eating less than usual? These are telltale signs of a worn out saint. But we've got to do something about it. And the, the reason why I'm saying this is because the devil is using this tool right now to destroy the saints. And I'm going to give you a vivid thought process in which you'll be able to follow this principle that I want to give you this morning that will help you. Because something that is worn out, something that is damaged, something that is of no use is what is called worn out. When something is worn out, it's of no use. When something is, 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 is worn out, it's damaged. You mean that the longer you stay worn out, the more you start to decline in the things that God wants to use you to do. If you stay worn out, there are some certain things that doesn't that will start to happen to you. Let me give you a good example. Yesterday, when I picked this up, the first thing my wife said, you've got to follow me now. The first thing my wife said is, I hate these shoes. Like, are you wearing this? She said it in her native language, it's called Bogala shoes. That's <laughs> some of you guys. Are you, are you, she didn't know what I was about to do. She had no idea I was doing my sermon. I just got up. I said, Ah, are you going to wear this? I said, I'm looking for this shoe. She hid it somewhere where I couldn't find it. Where should I put it? Where would you get a, a close up to? With this? On here? On here? Someone speak to me here or on the floor? That's fine. Okay, here. She, she made fun of it. Can you see these shoes? Get a close-up if you can. Can you see these shoes? Can you, get, can you see these shoes? You see, we don't have anyone to help us on the camera. So this a young lady is running from one camera to another camera. And we've got so many consumers in church. You're sitting down at home. So she's running from one camera to another camera. And there are many of you who are talented. You will hear in my message, the reason why you're worn up is because you're not using what is inside of you to help. Alright, let me not get distracted. So, 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 so you can see, 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 see these shoes. They're, they're worn out. My wife hates them. I love them. You can see it's, oh, but it's worn out. But she keeps asking, why don't I wear these ones? Ye, you get what I'm saying? Why, 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 why don't I wear these ones? Can I ask you a question? Which one would you like? This one? Or this one? Which one do you like? Would you like this one? I've had this for years! Or would you like this one. Thank you, thank you, son. Would you like this one? Or would you like this one? Which one? 
Because this is exactly how our lives are. When we stay worn out, we become less attractive to God and to man. When we stay worn out, we become rejected. Do I not understand that we can be worn out? Do I not understand what you're going through? I do, but this is how your life looks like to the outside world, to your family, to your friends, because you become a merchandise that has no more value. You're worn out. You're used. Life has turned you into this. Used, abused, misused, and rejected. But God has turned you into this. Renewed. His mercy is new every morning. God wants us to be like this, a beauty of honor. The devil knows that when God replenishes you, you will become an attraction to the world. This is what your life's supposed to be, but this is how he's made you to be, or you have made yourself to be. Think on a long time. This is probably turning out to be one of the best, most touching services that we've had. When you look like this or become like this, the longer you stay in the hole of being worn out, four things start to occur. Number one, you become ugly. If someone is a size 9 right now, I want to know, if is anyone size 9 who, who wears a size 9? Anyone size 9? Size, someone's waving at the back, yeah? Would you want this one or would you want this one? You want this one. Because this one is ugly. The more we stay worn out, depressed, discouraged, we become this one. Ugly. And most of the time, you don't see it, but people around you start to see how you gradually start to disintegrate. Number two, you don't only become ugly and less attractive. Number two, you become unfruitful. Because after a while, this will be cast away. Because to me and to my wife, it has no more purpose. But many people run back and they want to pick it up again. Because they feel that this is my comfort zone. This is my protection. This is my crutch. This is what I can lean to. This is my excuse now. But you're worn out. Maybe someone ghosts you. Maybe someone left you. Maybe there's a breakdown in a relationship. Maybe things don't work. And, and maybe you've allowed people to warn you out. But, but, but I identify with you. I understand it. But if you're not careful, you become ugly and you become unfruitful. 
Number three, if you're not careful, you become what I call self-absorbed. You become self-absorbed. You, you focus solely on yourself and you talk only about yourself. That's the reason why you're not useful to anyone else. Because when anybody else comes to you, all you will say is, this is what's happening to me, this is what's happening to me, this is what's happening to me. I'm frustrated, I'm finished, I'm down, things are not working around. And then you go from there to what is happening in the world. And everything that's coming out of you is negative because you're not fruitful to yourself, neither are you fruitful to anyone around you. And there's some people sitting at home that has talents to bless people around and you're sitting on your talents because you think your time is up but you're worn out you're worn out you're worn out you're worn out and, and the fact that you're worn out all you do is you talk about yourself number four do you know what it does you become negative and everything that starts to come out of you is negative it's negative because this is what you're presenting to the world. You're presenting this kind of thing to the world. So, you're moving in the place of being ugly, less attractive, self-absorbed. You're moving in the place where you become negative. But the problem there, listen to me, is no one is buying this shoe. They want this one. And you know the problem is they now leave you to look for this one. Let me talk to husbands and wives at home. The more negative you become, the more you don't realize you're losing the relationship. Let me talk to those who haven't been married yet. Learn to understand that sometimes... We may get into the place of being worn out, but if we stay worn out, people and those who you think love you will start to leave. Oh, but if they love me, they won't leave me. When, when I am dealing with my own issues and I have to carry you again for so long, you become less attractive. I was, I was shocked. While I was online yesterday watching, a, watching the, 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 the relationship program, I was shocked. There was this uh, um, um, uh, a kind of um, questionnaire that went out. And the question was, what do women think? What do men think? And there was a question, is, what is more attractive to a man? Good looks? Can cook? And there's something else. Huh? Smelling. Good smell. Yeah, good look. Uh, what, what, what would a man love the most? A good cook, a good look, and a good smell. I was shocked that the women put good cook. When I filled it, I put good look. I've been preaching this for so long that I said I'm not going to go against it. And really, I had just eaten one of the best sumptuous meal it's like potatoes and uh, some curry or something I was saying my wife man how do you do this and then the questionnaire came up and she was sitting beside me and I said babe I, I, I can't go again I, good look the women put good cook but when they asked the men I think it was like 70% or 80 good look 
Maybe because we men know we can sort out the food. But we can't sort out the look. <laughs> maybe maybe we, we realize we can change the food, but you can't change the wife. Meaning, this, if you are a wife, this is no more attractive. When you look at the entire world, you will find out that the attraction is based on the physical. We can sort out the cooking. We need you to change the look. I was shocked. There are other things about the women that the men also got wrong, but, but it's fine. But please, don't, don't send me stuff. I'm just telling you what happened yesterday. Please. But I've said this for a long time. You have a baby. Eh? I've just had the baby. Twelve years after, you still look like when you were pregnant. And then, you say, okay, let me save myself this morning because it's online. So they ask the men, uh, what is the greatest fear of a woman? A wife, a mother, or something else? The men, huh? No, no, that was a different one. That was a different one. And the men said that the greatest responsibility of fear uh, what the women found the hardest. I like this. This is why it's a church. You know if it was another pastor who said, no, let me preach right now. What does the woman find the hardest? Men said to be a mother. I ticked to be a wife. When the, when the thing came out, it was to be a wife. You can see the way each person thinks. But the truth that I found out yesterday and even today is this is not attractive. Let me bring some spice into some marriages. This lockdown can be devilish. You're wearing the same jogging bottoms Are you feeling me upstairs? You're wearing the same jogging grey bottoms. That oil is on it. Food is on it. From Monday to Monday. The same one. Before maybe the man or the woman, either one, may escape to walk. But he's seeing the same. What? Jogging with the shower cap. You're worn out. Do you know if you smell nice, you will feel nice? Have you ever woke up in the morning and just said, I don't like that. I just, I just want to dress. I, just, I don't want to dress to kill. You, know, you, just, just, you just want to feel good with yourself, you still got to do something about it. Because the more you stay worn out, the less attractive you are. Men, you are so worn out that all you talk about in your home is how work is this, how your team has lost, how you feel like this, how you feel drained, how you feel stuffed. And the children 
are not getting anything from you. The wife can't even touch you. Your friends, you're forsaking them. And then you go into what is called isolation. Let me give you quickly three empowering steps to defeat weariness. I call them cures for worn out. The cures for worn out. Because all of us, including those who ministered before me, share the same thing. There is a cure. Somebody say cure. There is there's something you can do. Please, there's something you can do. Please do it. Because if you don't, you will go from being a million pounds value to have no value at all. And people are not going to buy a used merchandise. Number one, break the cycle of fatigue. Turn to yourself and say, I will break the cycle of fatigue. Fatigue is the product of no rest. COVID-19 and working from home, if not careful, has caused more fatigue than physically going to work. Has anyone recognized that you work even harder being at home because you want to show them that you're working well from home? But what you don't understand is if you leave home, at least you go on the tube or the train, you get outside, you get to walk, you find different people you talk to, you take your lunch break. How many people have a lunch break walking from home? Not really. Then you also have the children to deal with. Then you also have the house to deal with. Then you also have the whole stuff to deal with. It was exciting in the beginning, but that has worn out now. You're zoomed out. And what happens is that when we step into a new environment, it looks good. But after a while, that environment becomes the new normal. And that's the reason why we say to some people, come to church because it gives you that break. Goals, listen to me, and aspirations are frustrated and truncated in the absence of rest. When there is no rest, sickness and disease is inevitable. Fatigue occurs when the brain works hard and accomplishes less. When you're physically or emotionally exhausted, you are a prime candidate to be infected with discouragement because your defenses are lowered and the things that are around you seem more bleak than they really are. And black people really don't know how to take a rest. Sorry that I'm addressing this in this manner. Especially people who come from the area where we come from. We think the more we, harder we work, the better we will accomplish. 
And we don't realize that many are dying even before seeing the fruits of their labor. Tiredness will make cowards of us. We refuse to fight when we are tired. Hence, we make the wrong decision. We become vulnerable. Stress and care and worry will start to block any manifestation of God in our lives. And as David rightly said, we start to cut ourselves off the big source of God. We start to draw away from God. And we start to make wrong decisions. Can I say this to somebody? If the only thing you will listen today, listen to this. If you don't take a break, you will break. Stop pushing yourself to the brink of exhaustion. If you don't take a break, you will break. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 10 to 11 says, For all have entered into God's rest and have rested from their labor just as God did after creating the world. So when God created the world in what we call six days, you understand, not really the days, the days, but six days. The Bible says on the seventh, he what? He rested. If God rested, what are you doing? He says, so let's do our best. This is what I love about how the service went today. They didn't put the onus of responsibility upon God. You have to do your best to enter that rest because the devil wants to steal that rest from you. And sometimes you've got to learn to say no. Because he says, but if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. God, listen to me. Everyone listen, listen. God did not make us to operate out of stress or worry. But to operate from a place of rest. Stop fussing over that child. Stop fussing over your husband. Stop, stop, stop trying to be in control of everything. Because only when we arrive at that place of rest in God that we start to see the manifestations of God in our lives. What we seek will only manifest when we reach that place of rest. Break the cycle of fatigue. Self-effort, self-effort is doomed to disappointment and will always steal the rest that God has for us. Self-effort. We just want to do it by ourselves. Self-effort is trusting in ourselves more than we're trusting in God. And let me say this to you. Stop feeling guilty when you sit down and just sleep on the bed for one day stretch. Don't even take a bath. Just sleep. Don't, let, don't, don't be guilty. Sometimes, there was one Monday, I think it was two or three weeks ago, I slept in bed. And I ordered breakfast in bed, lunch in bread, and dinner in bread. And when she comes in, I say, don't, 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 don't say the C word. I don't want to hear it. You know what the C word is? Church. I don't want to hear it. And please, put your earpiece on while you're discussing with them downstairs. I sat there, I slept, I woke up, I Netflixed, I flicked next, I slept, I woke up, I did anything, I don't want, I don't care. I was feeling guilty, but I was enjoying the guilt. Because sometimes you have to say no without feeling guilty. I've been going at this since March, man. 
And sometimes the devil starts to say, you know, you've got to do this program. You know, you've got to do this program. You know, people, you, know, you have to do everything to attract people onto your, onto your website, to attract people onto your Instagram. No, I don't care. I really don't need to do anything. I just need to do what God says he will do. Put the super upon my natural and make it supernatural. And that's what you've got to do. Fatigue arises when we start chasing after things that distract us from God. Matthew chapter 11 verse, 30 to, to, verse uh, 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all who are tired. Let's read it together. Ready, steady, go. Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. You've got to come to him. You've got to come to him. Let God walk while you rest. When we labor without God, all we get is a heavy burden. My yoke is easy, he says. When we rest in God, we give God the time to walk on our behalf. So what was the first thing I said? Break what? Break what? You need to learn this. The cycle of what? Of fatigue. Number two, it's not what I do. I'm not going to do everything everybody wants me to do. Listen to me. Let me just bless somebody at home. Come. Listen. Come, come, come. Shut down that TV you're watching. And listen, everyone has weaknesses. Everyone. So, I'm not a failure because I'm not perfect. God knows your faults. But God is working on you, changing you day by day while he does. Meaning, I can still enjoy my life regardless of my faults. Let, let me make a confession to everyone today. Don't try to test me because it's not a problem. I am jealous of my wife because her strength is knowing people's names, knowing people's birthdays. That is my greatest weakness. I can't remember my name. David took the announcement. I was still thinking, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name again? I can't just somehow. Does that mean I'm suffering from dementia? No. Before I thought, is this a problem? I can't even remember things. And I started to do something. I started to take the phone, the iPhone. Some of you, that iPhone is wasted on you. Huh? iPhone, there is dates, there are reminders, there is stuff. Put it in there, then having the fear, is something wrong with my brain? Nothing is wrong. Just put it down and it reminds you. So there are four reminders of my wife's birthday. Three for my son. And she doesn't need no reminders. Nothing. And you can tell me your name today. And you can tell me tomorrow. I will still ask you the following day. Neither can I remember the place I went to yesterday. And if my wife was with me, I would say, is, is this, are we going the same direction? She said, but you've been through this place five times. I don't care. Is this the way or we'll both? It's a weakness. But while God is still working on me, I enjoy my life. And I've said this before. Now I don't depend upon her. We don't need to argue. Thank you. There is uh, ways. God made a way where there seems to be no way. There's Google Map. Simple. 
But while God is working on you, enjoy life. Don't let your husband feel you less than who you are. Don't let your wife feel you, you, make you feel less than who you are. No matter how often you fail, just don't give up. Love yourself more than the failure. I don't like everything I do and I want to change. But I refuse to reject myself because God loves and accepts me. And we saw that clearly in the administration. He still loves you. And listen to me. Do you realize that the atmosphere that you permit determines the product you produce? Let me say this again. Do you realize that the atmosphere that you permit determines the product that you produce? Self-confidence creates a miraculous atmosphere around you. So, the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, listen to what it says. It's a common scripture, but I want to use a different version. In Philippians 4.13, listen to what it says. He says, regardless of the challenge, I can do all things through, not by your self-effort, but through Christ which strengthens me. When you get to that place where you can break the cycle of defeat, where you can boycott your weakness, you will stop being worn out. Because many of us are trying to measure up, trying to maintain, trying to be something that we're not. And in the process, we're even lying to people to maintain a status quo. You'll get worn out. You'll get caught out and you'll get worn out. Number three, bombard your problems. Break, boycott, and bombard. What do, Pastor, what do you mean by that? In the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 3, you know, I'm giving you scriptures. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems. Meaning we will run into problems, guys. We, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us to learn to be patient. The Bible says we are created in the image and likeness of God, aren't we? Do we all agree on that, that, that we are created in the image and the likeness of God? Do we all agree? Please, please follow me. Okay, so let's, let's, let's follow God for a second. So, I've said this before and I always say this. God was in heaven and there was mutiny. So there was a problem. In heaven. <laughs> the perfect place, God was there and then the devil, uh, or Satan, decided, I'm not satisfied with God, I want to be God. And bam, he disappeared. And took some angels. So there was a problem. God looked at the problem. He solved the problem. Then he made man in the garden. No peckham. No peckham. No Dustin. No Fulham. No Chelsea. Just pure Pure God and man alone. He created Adam. He found out that Adam had a problem. Food wasn't his problem because there was food. It was attraction that was his problem. <laughs> so when Adam saw Eve, he didn't say, Oh, I love you because you can cook. No, he was attracted. <laughs> And so there was a problem. 
He said, this man can't live like this. We need to make someone else. So he made Eve. When Eve came, Eve was supposed to solve a problem. But she created a problem. And the problem was that man fell. And God looked at the problem and says, we still need to solve this problem. So he solved the problem. And after a while, he says, okay, the way to solve the problem is to just destroy the entire world. He destroyed the entire world and then he repented. Like that actually wasn't the right solution to it. Because afterwards, he says, the heart of man are desperately wicked. Why did I say all that? Is that when he now decided to solve an eternal problem, he says, Jesus, you've got to come and die. Meaning God encountered problems but solved problems. So listen to this as I close. There's no immunity to problems. Don't wear yourself out. You cannot pray it will not happen because there are some advantages of problems. Number one, they show you the worthiness of your dreams and goals. Every problem you encounter is a progressive problem. It just shows you that your dreams are worthy. Number two, they make you grow up. Have you noticed how much matured you are because of the problems you went through? That when that problem comes, even in a different fashion, you know how to deal with it. Children grow up based on the problems they solve. Because if they don't solve the problems, they won't be promoted to the next class. God cannot put greatness in a weak vessel. Number three, they enable you to trust God. So pastor, how do you bombard problems? I'm glad you didn't ask, but I will answer it. Number one, stop talking about the problem. Talk about the promise. That's the reason why you won't be worn out. Banish problems from your spirit by the promise. Get into the something story. Get into just closing your eyes and opening your hands and just feeling the presence of God the way you should feel it. Maybe not the way we've told you you need to feel it. Because many of us feel that until there's a good... And then you start... And then you fall down. You could fall down, nothing can happen. And you could just stay there and the presence of God will start to wipe away your tears. But you've got to understand that God does not dwell in the place of problems. Promises are problem solvers. Sometimes we become more problem oriented than possibility oriented. Number two, stop being hurt from the problem or about the problem. Stop being hurt. I cannot always choose what happens to me, but I can always choose what happens in me. Right. He said, I have no problems. David says, I remember his name, ha, ha, ha. no problems with protesting, but it is not what happens outside, it's what happens inside. It blew my mind because, listen, listen, you may not always be able to choose what happens to you, but you can choose what happens in you. We become what we worship. 
If we worship sorrow, we become sorrow. If we worship praise, we become raised. We are created, guys, to be happy and not sorrowful. You are for signs, you are for wonders, not for signs and for sorrow. This should never be a sign of sorrow. You are created to be attractive, beautiful, lovely and colorful. Number three, see yourself bigger than the problem. Stop talking about the problem. Stop hurting about the problem. And see yourself bigger than the problem. Don't let your attitude and determination be affected by the problem. Joshua became bigger than the problem. He said, son and move, stand still. Moses became bigger than the problem. He stretched out his rod. Moses became bigger than the problem. He hit the rock the first time. God said, don't hit, speak. But he hit again. Because the problem now became bigger than Moses at that point in time. Be bigger than the coronavirus. Be bigger than the virus. Listen to me. Let me say this again. Be bigger than the virus. Don't let the virus be bigger than you. Don't keep reading things that don't allow you to hear the word and be bigger than it. Because a snake bit Paul and he shoved it aside. Don't let the problem in the house be bigger than you. David became bigger than the Goliath problem. Stop talking about it. Stop being hurt about it. They left you alone. You heard, you saw on, on, on Instagram that some of your friends went out and they didn't invite you. Stop being hurt by the problem. Go out by yourself. See yourself bigger than that problem. Solve the problem. And the only way to stop being worn out is when you can start from the beginning. Break the cycle of fatigue. Boycott your weaknesses. And to God who made me banish problems. If you're not there right now, hold on to this message. Bring it out as a sword if you're faced with it. If you're there right now, the whole service was set for you. Get out of it. Because you can come out. And God wants you to be attractive. Don't let the devil steal your joy. There's something around the corner that is bigger than what you're going through. And God will make it come to pass in your life. Amen. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.